Friends, welcome back to another episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast. The show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, far drunker than normal. <laughs> Joined as always, uh, not as always, uh, first time on the Film Alchemist Second by my... Time. No, not you did long box. Ah, okay. First time on the Alchemist, uh, dear friend, longtime friend, co-host, he of Doctor, my only friend who's actually an official doc. Don't tell people that. Yeah, not like a cool <laughs> Doc Brown or the Doctor, just you know, Doctor Cloud. This, yeah, the lame kind. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Cloud. All right, guys, this me. this is a bit of an anomaly. So we were supposed to record a show of some kind tonight with uh alex dandino friend and co-host as you guys know what happened was what had happened was uh me and cloud uh found ourselves in the theater tonight for midsomar uh the new ari oster flick uh coming right on the heels of hereditary so much to talk about essentially what happened is we saw the movie and we're like we need to go to a bar and talk about this and we, we didn't talk about it at all we went to the bar, <laughs> didn't talk about this at all. Talked about like me becoming a robot, all the weird, normal Griffey stuff for those of you who know. Uh, talked to Alex. He's having a lovely family night. And he's like, dude, you already fucked up. What are you doing? I was like, you know what? Me and Cloud are going to record <laughs> our Midsomar reviews and thoughts. Uh, I'm very drunk. I don't know if you're drunk. I am not. <laughs> all right. So to our like it's in the moment. Yeah, Ari Aster, who is, uh, or Aster, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Ari Aster, who is my new favoritest filmmaker of all time. Uh, I am, I apologize in advance. I should be bringing my swords a little more sharpened to this, this review and debate. But honestly, there is something poetic about going through a movie like Midsommar, slightly intoxicated. Because an inordinate part, inordinate amount of the narrative of this movie uh, involves being fucked up on drugs, and then yeah. embracing reality as it is. Um, before we get too far onto Griffey's, uh, did this really happen? Tangent, which I do every <laughs> fucking week, as the audience always reminds me. All right, Cloud, we just left Midsomar. What are your initial takeaways from this movie? Uh, it's just all right. By the way, I told you guys I was drunk. Beer one. Which is actually beer a lot. <laughs> hey, let's see. You were Bear with me. Th three talls before we got here. No, I had f four was or that four? five. I had four or five no, big Stellas. Five. Four. It's four then. Okay, but anyway, so, yeah. regardless. Uh, yeah, like just like Hereditary, this is just such a visceral f film, man. Like You just felt everything in that movie. All the... I'm going to scoot your mic a little closer so people can hear I, 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 I'm failing at this. No, you're good. But, uh, yeah, just how much the these movies just kind of, like, tap into reality and really bring you into it, and you really feel for these characters. It's just a, 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 an experience to watch these movies, and I love them. That's what I was saying when we left the theater, is because for Longbox this week, we have to watch Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> And I don't want to be the guy to throw arrows at Spider-Man. I have always loved Spider-Man. He's been a big part of my entire life. I left the theater for Midsommar and I said, why do I still have to pretend to care about Spider-Man movies? I will still love no, to watch Spider-Man. I, <laughs> I, I, I will it. be happy watching <laughs> Spider-Man. And I get it, but I, this is the kind of filmmaking 
that I am dying to see every single time I go to a cinema, right? There is a power, there is a a oneness, right? A singularity of vision. There is a, a braveness to just subject the audience to slow, drawn out horror, right? This is not, I just saw Annabelle over the weekend. And to me, Annabelle is a cliff notes of all the failures of major horror movie making, right? Uh, besides just that, oh, it's a franchise, we can do whatever the fuck we want. Cliff notes, jump scares, got it. This movie's the exact opposite. This movie plays very similar. The two movies I can think of right off the top of my head that are kind of analogs to this movie are Ken Russell's The Devils, which I told you about, which is essentially uh, Frenchtown, Catholic priests fucking all these dudes' wives. The nunnery goes wild, try, starts accusing him of kind of demonically fucking them, right? Like, oh, he's sending spirits to fuck us. Woo! There's all these uh, weird, like, there's a huge nun orgy scene. Crazy movie. Oliver Reed fully, like, at his most Oliver Reedness, which I will show this movie to you because you the, live the, near the, me. I, and obviously, we you've said you can't find this movie anywhere. No, I special ordered it on eBay. It's like a <laughs> illegal ripped version from the UK. Uh, but that, and then... You know what? Honestly, it's hard to even imagine because Wicker Man's the obvious comparison right. people will yeah. draw. Well, that just just because of the ending, really, and just like the cult aspect of it. But I don't right. even know if, like, like outside I, of that, like it even. Parallels. I feel like the Wicker Man is fairly flat, and then it has this huge crescendo ending. Right. right? What what Ari Aster does in this, I think, Antichrist by Lars von Trier is kind of a similar vibe, right? Where it's uh, a couple experiencing one of the most traumatic experiences of grief kind of on this crash course with reality right like whatever they're trying to do to maintain is not going to hold without the obvious misogynism that goes along right, <laughs> <laughs> right so with what 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 happens in this though is what i really like about what this movie does and this is an ari Oster thing right because if you watch Hereditary, it's very much the same thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of a, you know, small story of grief and personal loss, but then taken to these fucking wild occult and horror extremes that add a lot to the actual storytelling world, right? Yep. So at the at the core of this movie, it is a story about grief, whether it is personal loss in the family. You don't have to hold yourself like a prisoner. You I, I, I have to keep my, I have to sit on my hands. No, no, no. Or you I can have your hands up. out. Just no. don't karate chop the mic. Sorry. I guys, will karate get... chop the mic. If I do not sit on my hands, you know me better than that. Oh, so you're going uh lap dance rules. Very classy. <laughs> 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 no, but, but what this is, is it is a, uh, a story about not only personal loss of family, but also there's this weird, when we lose things, how tightly we hold on to things that maybe we shouldn't. And watching that relationship and how uh, mm-hmm. our lead actress relates to that. I honestly, and I know a lot of people get Jordan Peele all the swag and they should, right? I watched Us Again with my wife and it's probably one of the most fascinating rewatch movies I've seen. I haven't actually time. had a chance to see it yet. I need to You've watch not it. seen Us? Not yet. It's just, Holy shit. I need, I need to rent it's it It's one on. of our most popular uh, film Alchemist episodes because we did a deep dive. But not only do you need to watch it, you have to watch it twice because you pick up so many yeah. things. And I think the this, problem this is... This would with, be a, definitely a movie like that. Right. I think the problem with us is I was picking up a lot of other things he was doing. I still don't know that it equates to much more than I got on the first viewing. 
You're just like, oh, look at all the groundwork he's laying, but still it didn't all the way add up at the end. This movie, I feel like, will. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's it's a singular focused concept of grief mixed with these. I don't think there's a better pagan occult witch movie that I've ever yeah. fucking seen. And I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. Like, it, Honestly, it's one of those movies, and I don't know. We watched it side by side in the theater, but there are scenes where I was afraid to almost breathe. Mm-hmm. Right, you're afraid you're going to interrupt the delicate yeah. balance of whatever the fuck is happening in the theater. The weird occult magic is pouring off the screen onto you. Yeah, right. The the the, the it, not just that, but it's outside of like horror. It's just kind of this just this growing sense of of despair and fear that just engrosses the audience. Like we walked in and they, we were just surrounded by teenagers. We're like, God, we're just, <laughs> these guys are not going to shut up. And it engrossed them too. Like it just, it, it captivates you. And like, I yeah. was ready to throw at least two high kicks. <laughs> at the very st- I was like, can I throw a high kick? So without pulling all the muscles, no, everyone in our theater. And this is a strange thing about this movie versus hereditary, right? When I watch hereditary, there was a lot of people kind of giggling because they were so uncomfortable. Yeah. This movie is legitimately comedic. Right. Yeah, There's you're supposed a lot to laugh in certain really parts. Really funny yeah. parts. Yeah. And the way they deploy the comedy is letting you know that there's a bit of satire built in, mm-hmm. which Hereditary did not have. Hereditary right. was pure it was very despair. Tense. It yeah. Very tense. And this one does a brilliant job of balancing all of that tension and the things that Ari Oster does so well with also a surprising amount of deft comedy. I thought. Mm-hmm. So where do you yeah, want to start cloud? One. What about it jumped out at you? Do you want to just, I just plop, like, plop, I plop, think plop, plop, uh, like Ari Aster, like, like this and paralleling it with hereditary, like the scenes of how the main characters deal with death in it of like a very close loved one or loved ones, like when they start just bawling, like I haven't seen acting like that in anything else, and it's just right. so real when you see no, it. Um, so, and that's the thing. That's how I was, the point I was making with Jordan Peele. Those right, he gets all the love, and his movies are great. This one-two punch by Ari Aster might be the best first two movies by any director yeah. I can think of in modern cinema. Right, Hereditary was a tour de force. This one is as well, and it has time to back off for a little comedy. This movie starts off with, and it hits a little too close to home for me, which I actually told you in the theater. This is bothering me. Right. So it starts with a sister who's reaching out to a sister who's essentially sent her a suicide Facebook messenger. Or normal messenger, I don't know, on a computer. Uh, In the scene, it is beyond horrific the way the scene plays out mm-hmm. one the sister has without being graphic at all yeah yeah, yeah. like like th- that right. was what was brilliant about it. there is no blood no gore you don't and it is so unsettling right because here what they do is the horror comes from three elements right so there's the avatar of i have a troubled sibling and they're sending me a message right and from the boyfriend i glean the fact that i get this message a lot Right, mm-hmm. So I shouldn't play into their game, blah, blah, blah. But everyone who has a sibling or relative like this knows you always play into the game because what if this is the time? Right? Yep. So that's scary in and of itself. Secondly, she's afraid for how bad she feels and reaching out to her boyfriend 
because he doesn't give her actual credence to feel her emotions, right? Her emotions become a hindrance on his good time smoking resin and ordering pizzas, right? Thirdly, when we find out what actually happened, right? So we're, we're at the boys at the pizza parlor and they're talking shit. The, the transition, the editing transition between the phone call of the wailing mm-hmm. to in the garage, the Home Alone style duct tape tubing up into the parents' rooms who are now dead. We already saw them on the voicemail not responding, which seemed crazy. But you saw them breathing, clearly. So like, right. you had that little but bit of reassurance that they, they were... They were alive and not answering the phone, which seemed strange. Now we know they were dying from carbon monoxide yep. poison. And when they do the push-in to the sister's room, and she has that fucking exhaust tube duct taped to her face, Yep. up to uh, the message from her sister, please tell me you're okay, to... The pushing of the boyfriend finding her in the house on her couch just screaming. Yep. Primal fucking agony. Yeah. That is one of the greatest movie openings I've ever seen in my life. It not only draws you all the fucking way in, uh, but then it just fucking eviscerates you like a Mortal Combat yes. fatality. Yeah. And yeah, it's just visceral. It's vis- you just feel it. You it, the, feel the it hurt so sits deep. on you heavy, right? Yeah, like uh, the ghost in that movie Shutter, right? The Japanese movie with the camera, <laughs> where he's like, "I weigh an extra eighty five pounds. What's happening?" Ah, Japanese ghost. That's what this movie does. It puts the depression and the real world consequences mm-hmm. of being a person who has suffered tragedy, right. and that's the other and thing. The transition not only from her suffering real tragedy and her boyfriend not accepting her tragedy, right? Right. These are kind of the normal opens, right? Is, oh, you're such a needy bitch. I want a girlfriend who just wants to fuck or whatever the redhead kid from Where the Millers is saying, right? To, oh, now someone has actually experienced tragedy Mm in the way that people don't treat you the same. Yeah. And this is a common theme that runs throughout the movie all the way till the final frame is, how do you... As a person who suffered tragedy, how do you juggle the the moving on with being the person who suffered tragedy? And everyone you meet, right? Every meaningful relationship you have or will have, this is going to come up. The fact that, oh, my sister murdered herself and my parents. You can never meet anyone that you're going to have a meaningful relationship with the rest of your life and not mention that. Right. So and- there is this... The person I was was destroyed. Everything I love was destroyed. And maybe everything moving forward is ruined. Yeah, and, and the be, movie plays with this in a it, fascinating but it becomes way. A, it, but also it shows it just becomes a part of who you are like as a person. And how other situations or other groups or other people can potentially take advantage Elaborate. of that. Well, Elaborate. the whole like and like the at the end the the the, the Swedish don't guy. jump all the way to the end. Bring something closer. I don't want to get to the fi- the final image is like one of those we have to unpack. It well, at the end kind of like shows how like that first scene was essential for the for the story arc because sure. it was this group that took advantage of somebody who had lost every single thing that she had ever loved, every single person she had ever loved in her life, and it was now alone, and the only person she had in her life was someone who really didn't want to be with her or deal with her her pain and really just kind of wanted to get away from her and get away from that real world pain she was dealing with and just wanted everything to be just happy go lucky 
Right. Uh, he just wanted to do his drugs and get laid all right. the time. Exactly. And that's the weird thing. Is he's not framed as the bad boyfriend, right? Because he's obviously very caring. Like when they show up at the compound, he's like, I'll postpone my mushroom trip. I'll wait for you. Mm. But he's a coward, though, in the whole movie because he never, he's in a relationship that he doesn't want to be in, but he's not sure he doesn't want to be in. Okay. But how many of us find ourselves in this scenario constantly? But yeah, right. It's a real world, it's a very relatable bad guy almost like he's not really like truly like i would not call him a bad guy he does a couple things that are cringy he's He's not a bad guy though but none of them really are quote-unquote bad guys that's where it's kind of the the kind of brilliance in the movie is like everybody has their you can rationalize almost any of it with any of the characters the closest one i would say is a bad guy i think it's their friend named josh right the black kid who's writing the thesis he willingly breaks into the church and takes pictures of the finger paintings right, right that uh they're like he he, know, he breaks uh, their taboo and like breaks yes. their cultures so they're so they're he can... deficient or uh genetically handicapped incestual prophet finger paints his prophecies and that's their holy book he willingly goes in there and takes pictures of that because After he's worried about to. sharing the credit and that's what it, is that what I, I kind of got as just more of just he's a academic who's right, but I just think going he's to... worried about sharing, right? Because that's the weird subplot they add that right after our first incident of horror, which is the old people fucking jumping off of that rock, Ugh, which yeah. is as grisly and grotesque a scene as I've ever seen. The first thing when that guy gets back, right, is instead of punching his friend in the face, like, "Hey, man, you know what that fucking Swedish word was." You didn't tell me it was old people right? killing yeah, no, themselves. No, and nobody... And like, I got this mentally fucking traumatized girlfriend. You didn't tell me that. He's like, hey, man, you know what? Fuck you. I'm writing my thesis here. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Yeah, that's... they never really brought that up. Why? No, like, why the they weirdest be... flex right. of all time. Yeah, they didn't, like, mention... Like, there was no, like, follow-up to... He knew what was going to happen and didn't tell them and just right. smiled and because put his hands behind his back. if it was back. me, I walk in and I'm like, hey, man, my girlfriend's going to be fucked up for the rest of, like, this trip. Probably her whole life now because of what she already went through. I'm punching him and hippie Swedish guy that brought me. Right? That's my first reaction. Is, right. Hey, man, can I talk to you for a second? You know yeah. Hippie Swedish guy. I'm throwing should've... haymakers and being like, why did you do this to me? I'll never get laid again. You've ruined everything in this relationship. It's over. And that's kind of the weird, like, man way to look at it. But in him and the guy knew this was going to be a ritual suicide. And did not mention. I mean, it. the Swedish guy at least makes sense because he's trying so you say to that indoctrinate. That guy, Josh, is possibly the only bad guy in the film. Well, I'd say they're all. It, it, it's all a gray area with all of them, which is what the is one kind guy's of just an American, right? Like his sin is being an American. He he's not American. He's he's a loud mouthed no. asshole who doesn't give a shit about anybody else in exactly. the film. He's an American. Like, <laughs> like he he even gets upset that the whole group's not going to join him on an acid trip. Despite right. whatever that could like psychologically he's damage vaping, somebody who's very he's fragile, he's on the ancestral yeah. tree, and he does, he's not even sorry for peeing on the ancestral yeah. tree. He's just like he doesn't I, want to see he has the no remorse. He wants to go back and take a nap. He yeah. is classic American, right? Like <laughs> this isn't of America, so it's beneath me. I will take what I want and leave. Right? He, he's classically self-serving, yes, yeah, and an unapologetic. American. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's a classic movie American. Um, what I like though in the relationship to the boyfriend is. The way they design him to be caring and nurturing, but in a not effective way, right? Like in a non-positive he's, way. 
there is a part of this movie where he's because early on we look at her and we feel so bad for how she's behaving and there's something like hey let's go to i'm gonna go to the party you don't have to come and she's like i'll come she comes but she's not willing to partake right and then the whole hey i i knew you were going to sweden but i want to start an argument about it that she does she didn't want to start an argument. She just was like, you didn't tell me about it. And dude, that's just kind of weird. He dude. wanted to start the argument. No, she... Like, he was looking actually clearly for an out. She started that fucking argument. She right? didn't start that argument. She, I mean, like, for someone who's been in a relationship for four years, if your significant other is going across <laughs> the uh, Atlantic uh, in a couple weeks and you're just <laughs> now finding out about it, you're going to say something. That's just... As a guy who's been with my girlfriend for 17 years... <laughs> you have a special relationship. She can go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she would say I could go. But you'd like, find it luck. weird if she just told you and she's going to be going in a couple weeks. Right. But this is where they're at in what she's been going through in her trauma, right? Like, it's not an ideal move. But he he did mention it to her. How he said cool he to go. was interested. He didn't say he He's was shady, going. right? But right. she's trying to make a fight out of it, right? She's not trying to make a fight out of it. She's just trying she, to dude, She does the classic... No, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's just weird. It's like, obviously no, it's not it, fucking it, it, cool. That, that's actually what is really brilliant in there is she is trying to express her concern and disappointment without driving him farther away because he's all she has right, right now. But that's and, what I'm saying, though. This is what I like is that they set him up as he is both the nurturing shoulder to cry on guy who's taking on extra burden. And also the selfish boyfriend that she doesn't deserve, right? It is this interesting parallel street I, I, that he I don't, travels. I don't see him as like the nurturing type at all because okay, at but the this same, is what I mean. He stays with her, right? He only stays with her because he's afraid of a missed opportunity. He no, even no, 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 expresses no. He that. was going to dump her probably. Once she has the trauma, now he's all the way in for an entire another year. He invites her to go to Sweden. Right? When he's there, he's like, I will... He constantly is acquiescing to her. But this is what I mean, right? She's so, constantly acquiescing to him is where I would... Get the fuck can, out. No, she is. Like, she never, like, stands her ground or actually has any of her feelings that she has. Uh, she never demands okay. that they be legitimized. No, 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 she, no. She that makes part excuses. I agree with. That part I agree with. But her feelings must be communicated clearly in her emotions, right? Like, what I think is interesting about the relationship is... He is trying hard, but in a kind of childish, selfish way, right? Like, oh, I will postpone my trip. Or, like, you can come with me and the boys to Sweden, right? No one wants her to go. He's doing that as an act of contrition to her. They don't actually even, like, really get into it. Just, like, all of a sudden... He's just calling his friends and saying, hey, by the way, just so you know, you guys invited her to come yeah. along. Like, they never, uh, like, show that discussion. Be cool. No, there, <laughs> that's the thing, because there was no discussion. He springs it on him. And it's like, hey, be cool now. She's here. But that's what I mean, right? So while he's trying to do, he, again, is a victim of kind of this, this problem of, I think what the movie is often getting at is this insane difficulty that all of us have with, big hard emotions right and he is a guy who clearly wants to not ever deal with any problems or tumult anything like when or, she comes home or and confrontation is like, at yeah all in any tell me about this trip to sweden he's like i should just go home i should just go home yep. he always wants to run yeah but yeah, he's a he also wants to be a good boyfriend quote unquote 
So he's trying. But yeah, I mean, I think what you said is the best, right? He's not a bad boyfriend, but he does not want to be bothered with her emotional journey. Right. And I think what's funny is as you watch the movie, there is this fascinating parallel of him and then the cult members and how they deal with her grief and trauma. Whereas Mm -hmm. he wants to ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. The cult will actually send 20 women to co-scream with yes. you. Yeah. To that... echo back your rage. To symbiotically. To share your pain. Scream at the universe with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They share each other's pain. Yeah. Which draws her in. Yeah. And that's that is the. That's kind of the, the catch with the cult. Right. Is that they will. For all that you give up. Right. They're like you will be a part of something. Mm-hmm. And we're not asking you to feel or be anything you're not, right? Like the guy keeps saying, like I also know your grief, right? Yeah. My parents were lost at a young age. Mm-hmm. Now we know how they're fucking lost, and you're like, you yeah. fucking creep. But, <laughs> but there is something about just a group of people. And what I took from the movie is it kind of has this wild things vibe, right? Like where the wild things are, not oh, wild. Things, okay, I was the, like the lesbian pool scene. <laughs> what the heck but was her name? It, uh, it, Nev Campbell. Yeah, right. It has a where the wild things are. Where this is a place that feels completely disconnected from reality, where a person can truly expose who they are. And I think once they cross that happy rainbow or that happy sun, fucking circular wooden thing, we don't ever see anyone leave again, right? Right. This is essentially, for all intents and purposes. An alternate reality where you will be laid bare at your truest forms. Now, the weird thing they do in the movie that confused me a little bit is that these true forms and revelations are always post-drug use. So it leaves you to be like, is this real? Is this narrable, reliable narration? Things like this, right? Everyone is constantly high as fuck and seeing the entire earth move. What is it they say, though, when every time they take it, they put it a special way. Like, they say something along the lines of, like, this takes away your presuppositions. Yeah, it takes away your defenses, your your resistance. Yeah. Right? So, I think it's it's meant to be. opening you up. Right. So, yeah, I I don't think it's meant to be an altered reality as much as, like, more augmented reality. Okay, well, that's a reality where you're not hiding, right? So, her boyfriend, Chris, I think his name is. Where he's not hiding from her and her trauma, right? Like, one of the most fascinating scenes is when they're at the dinner after she's the May Queen, right? And he's sitting there trying hard, like, why are you doing this? And the guy claps in his face, right? Yeah. And he's like, like he's inside of a gong or something. And he's like, why? And you see him struggling like a drug addict, like, don't use your boner. Don't use your boner. Yeah, and then she disappears, and all of a sudden they're like, "Here's some flower petals. Go use your boner." And it's it's this strange <laughs> moment where it feels like he is trying so hard to not do it. Yeah, I was but always wondering: is if... he trying hard because she's there? And then as soon as she's gone, he's like, "Oh fuck yeah, yeah!" Like, but because that's the thing, they do that beautiful setup where they come to the table, and he is the one who walks behind the procession. He walks to the table by himself, right? He's always outside right. at this point. Because now she's integrated, right. and he's the only one outside. Yeah, he's all alone and all the by himself. The total dynamic is Which is where she was at the beginning, which is actually really brilliant. Because at the beginning, she was alone. Yeah. And now he's the one that has lost everything, lost all his ties, and he's alone. Yeah. 
But that, that's what I mean, though, right? Is is he is he waiting on her to leave so he can do what he really wants to do? That's what I was trying to get. Are the, the drugs field. making him do that? Is he because I feel like the drugs are a bit of a cop out in this story, which I don't love because I feel like with the drugs, you always have the excuse of, oh, well, if they didn't give him that weird tea and the pubie pie and mm. whatever, he wouldn't have gone and fucked that. Tree. But he was already like anxious before he even took it. He just took it almost like he when he took it, he's just like, fuck it. I can't do anything else. I might yeah, as well. When he just had do the it. tea that like probably had some of her blood in it. Oh, well, that was that actually. The lemonade oh, where it's well, like, the lemonade was brilliant because like. If you looked at all the different lemonades, they're all yellow, and his is orange. Like yeah, from like, like the get go, you, you see it. I just ate a pube. I'll definitely drink this. <laughs> like, I, yes, I think he's desperately. But this is what I like about this. Right, is this is a moment where a character is making a lot of micro choices. Right, so this is a guy while trying to be the good boyfriend that. He has probably the biggest character arc that we see. Yeah. Because he starts off as well, kind of the... Him, him the, and his girlfriend, I think they're pretty equal. Him and See, I girl. don't feel like she arcs as much, right? She does. She's she kind of, of sad and do sad the whole movie. No, at the very end, she's accepted and she's uh, she's maybe. got a new family. We'll get to and that. And her anxiety maybe, goes away maybe. and people share her pain. Wow, you're, you're pressing a lot right now. I don't know that I'll meet you on all those. All right. But what I'm saying is he is shown as the good, caring, nurturing boyfriend, right? Who slowly is being pulled away by her neediness because her trauma is too much for him to help shoulder or he doesn't want to. Then he turns on his own friend with the thesis. Yes. Unnecessarily. Right. He's just avoiding confrontation. Right. That, that, that's kind of his thing. He does turn. not. He doesn't and then av- when the elders question him about the missing book, which is an entire ruse. Because we've just seen his friend murdered. Right, yeah, they know. Yeah, what? Right? why are they even What's the first him? thing he does? We don't know him. We don't want to yeah. be associated. Why Throws is he him throwing him under the bus? Yeah. For like a he's trying to avoid confrontation. people. He's, he's just, a, a, he's a coward. Like, that's his character. His character's a coward. So I don't even know if there was like an arc as much as of a revelation he, of who he actually is. A true character would have left this girl before or when her trauma hit. So he's not all the way a coward. A coward would never have invited her. No, because her to the only reason it. he doesn't leave her is because he thinks that she that would be a potential missed opportunity. He's afraid of the unknown. That's right, the only but reason he doesn't leave her. Also, by staying with her, he's missing opportunities. This is the nature of choice. Right, and you see him, his eyes wandering constantly of like all the opportunities that he's also missing. And then at the end of the movie, he jumps on that opportunity to literally. sleep with somebody. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and so that's where I was kind of like at the end where he has like that that tense, fearful expression. Like, where is that coming from? Is he afraid they're going to kill him if he doesn't do this? Or is he just feeling really guilty that he knows he is going to betray his girlfriend of four years? Like, I, I couldn't quite read that situation. Yeah, or is he just guilty he's betraying the May Queen now? She's right. become something new altogether. Right. And but in the end, if he hadn't done that, then he wouldn't have died. He might not have, he might they might have killed him for refusing. I don't know. Well, we but still, his, we, they, I still don't know at the end. They never showed us her picking him. Right? Well, like, he ends up in there, so I I mean I assume that right. means that she you picked assume, him. You assume, but then once he's in there, she is running and screaming like this giant flower slug. But she's doing it like everyone else is because they're in pain no, burning, no, 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 so no, she's no, no, part no, of the no. cult. No, 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 no. She's doing it out of a true outburst of emotion. What the cult is doing in the most frightening thing in the final scene of this movie. 
The cult is doing a pantomime of emotion. They should feel sad that they lost two of their brothers and whatnot. I thought they were like mimicking the pain that the people inside the bar, the, the, exactly the little right. triangle are feeling because yes. they know that that fucking you, you oil or whatever they gave them is ineffective and that they right. are suffering but again. If they actually were worried about that, they would have not burned the people, <laughs> right? Like they're not worried enough to not sacrifice human beings. So it is this weird, but this is the thing about the ending that is cool too, is it becomes this moment of catharsis. Cause as I'm watching it, I was like, there's no moment in my life where I'm able to, in such an exuberant manner, explode with emotion, false or not, right? I never go anywhere and just scream and wail and flail and, you know, undulate wherever. Like, that doesn't exist in my life. Right. You don't do it in public, which is actually when you, like, the I movie. I don't do it in my fucking house. No, no, which is amazing, though, because in the beginning of the movie the the main character she does all of that but does it in private she has to run away from everybody seeing her pain and goes and has to do it in the bathroom she has to go and do it in the woods throughout the movie she's always running away right. to show her emotion right. because and that's the brilliant part of her journey is that her grief that she must shoulder and carry forever it will forever be a defining characteristic of her she is afraid to share that in not even share but to inflict that upon others yeah. right which is which to make is any, a, to, she's afraid to let anybody else bear that weight that pain yeah like yeah she undermines it verbally to other people so she doesn't burden anybody else and ho- shoulders it herself yeah so she constantly suffers because she doesn't want to bother others and i love that what i was saying is is there is a strange a strange dynamic at play with her having this kind of altruistic, I don't want to make others suffer with the cultists who are not suffering at all. These cultists are fucking stone cold. Yeah. They're happy with the way things are stone cold. Cause not only that, the way they fucking lie so cavalierly, right? We see them lie constantly about dead bodies, but even their own, right? When the two old people cut their hands, bleed on the rock, and jump off the rock, right? This will go down to me as one of the most memorable horror movie moments I've ever seen. That scene of them jumping off the cliff is truly fucking horrific. Yeah. The first lady jumps and immediately her head is fucking exploded like a grape and it's repulsive. She lands on kind of the sacrificial just, boulder, right? Yeah, just kind of that 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 crushed in face oh. skull-like thing that you've seen a few oh. times in other movies. But, but like this was like way more. But not only that is that this one is so personalized, and that's how I would phrase it: it was personalized carnage, because we just spent a dinner with them, and mm-hmm. as they're doing the weird ceremonial, taking their time, we, the audience, are an extra person at that table, right? Yeah. We're also a part of that ceremony, and when they jump, you're like, "What the fuck?" And when her head gets exploded like a grape, it's not vulgar in the sense of like you know human centipede three or two whatever other horror movies there are it's any of them it's vulgar in the way of this is a person you were just honoring at a dinner table um who is clearly virile enough to survive longer right like she has more time she's fucking dead on this rock and when you see the old guy jump feet first a part of me goes well he's so dumb he deserves to die 
Because what the fuck yeah, is wrong why, with Yeah, I don't you, know John why he did that. <laughs> he just walks but off. But Not only that, they pan down to his, like, agonized expression. To his fucking mangled leg. In our theater, you could see people audibly. I was doing it. Just it, shifting it, in their seats. It was cringing. cringing. It was cringeworthy. And then the people walk up with their ceremonial wooden hammer. Yeah. And take turns smashing his head. That I didn't even quite after get. he's gone. Yeah, like why it required four people to smash his head in when he was clearly dead after I'm one. I'm assuming it's family. Maybe. Yeah, you may be right there. It may have been his children and grandchildren. I'm assuming it's everyone like, who has a familial bond. Like like throwing dirt onto the cast yeah. when it's put in. Uh, it's weird because they constantly mention how the whole village raises all the children. And it's not that. You know what I mean? It's right. like, oh, we're all cool. We're all cool all the fucking time. Like, well, you still shouldn't smash grandpa's fucking face in, you fucking assholes. Well, I mean, they saw it as a mercy killing. Like, they... Well, I mean, obviously it's a mercy killing, but there are at least two swings after he's right. dead. Right. Why like, they I feel like the keep... first swing splatters his right. brains open. He was clearly dead after one Why swing. Why the yeah. next two people yeah, I swinging? Like I said, like I guess maybe you're right. Just It's just a sign of a, a form of closure. I don't know. Man. And this is the thing. We'll never fully understand a cult that murders and sacrifices people, I think. What is fascinating in this moment, though, this is a good transition, is people's reaction to something that they clearly know is a moral abomination. Because the thing that fascinated me in this scene is, one, the people people from London are watching and screaming. Mm -hmm. This is wrong, 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 wrong. No one corrects them until it's done. Secondly... The girl who just lost her entire family watches the whole thing and is in essentially like a PTSD state. Right, yeah. That's huge. Right? Her boyfriend is watching it just being like, oh, uncool, uncool. Like, step the fuck in. Mm-hmm. But Thirdly, no, he doesn't do conversation. When they talk to classic movie American, he's like, oh, the one thing I missed. Right, yeah. He's sad he didn't get there. <laughs> then the other guy is like the, uh, the complete academic who's just standing back and completely rationalizing indifference. Right, because he knew beforehand what the fuck yeah. was about to happen. But this is what I mean. It's it's an interesting extra piece to this movie, right? So we see the cult, and the cult is designed as a vehicle of malfeasance, right? We don't trust them ever, right? Everything they do is antiquated and wrong and backwards. Yet, the entire group that we came here with is also by inaction and laziness or fear condoning everything we see happening they are in their way their own malicious cult Hmm. if you watch Hmm. that ceremony and you decide hey man i think we should stay and acclimate because this is a different culture that's fucking crazy If I saw that. They're they're just saying like basically like let nature take its course. If I saw that lady's head splatter, I would fucking leave. Yeah. And I would grab my bags. And if some of these fucking. But you would die because that's what the other two people did. No, but if some of these hippies dressed as Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life tried to stop me, (laughs) I would start throwing haymakers and be like, you guys better get your wooden hammer because I'm not going to stop fighting you until I'm out of here. Right. And I would make them kill me in front of my friends. Right. And maybe and I would say Based on what them. they had, they would have actually had a hard time doing that if you actually put up a real fight and they just can't sneak up behind you and smash your head in with a hammer. That's what I mean, right? It would have been out on Front Street. Right. What I think is fascinating about what Ari did in this movie is that the cult and the group and our main female lead are all doing the same thing, which is burying emotional truths. 
And all we want to do as people, right, and groups especially, is keep not rocking the boat. We don't want to look around and be like, hey, man, something's fucked up here. I have to do something. We'd rather be like, that was not savory, but not a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, we want to skate right. by. And that's how he was with her. Yeah. That's how the group was with the cult, right? That's how members of the cult not, have to was, be by their it, very it, nature. I mean, like, even the one guy was just more, like, embracing it. And he was just kind of disrespecting their their beliefs and their their rituals. But at the same time, anything that was hostile and terrible about it, he actually embraced it and saw it as just entertainment. But that's what I mean, right? The fact that they never turn on each other or their friends, right? A normal group of people would be like, we got to get the fuck yeah out of here two old motherfuckers were just made to jump off a cliff and they have a bear in a fucking cage yeah right like something's like, clearly are we not wrong talk about this yeah like hey there's a building you can't go into hey someone's feeding me fucking pube pods. <laughs> like, there are so many red sun so- or red yeah. flags and no one wants to move because what is natural to us as people is to ignore right and especially something as horrible as these giant emotions and grief you're like I don't want to take that into my life. Then I got to carry that and deal with that. Yeah. Best to just be like, ah, fuck it. I'll be out of here in a week. Yeah. Just right. To, to That's ride our things entire out. human experience. Yeah. And so what is great is that the yeah. way that Ari Oster always finds a way to take the most focused personal narrative, right? Which is this girl losing her family. And she keeps seeing them in dreams, right? That's she sees is... them at the sacrificial rock yeah. and this and that. Uh, she sees the exhaust coming out of her mouth and this and that. Mm-hmm. It, it's obviously weighing on her. But what he does is he puts her amongst a group in this situation where we're perfectly illustrating the reason why people bury traumas deep and don't acknowledge and in a healthy way get over them, right? Like a weird scene in the movie is when the two old people are getting their heads fucking beaten in with a hammer. And the old lady's like... You know, this is dignity of death, right? They chose mm-hmm. this. Like, why are you guys so weird? We all die. Don't fucking hide from it. And in a weird way, you're like, I think she's making a lot of sense. Well, yeah, she does. She does convince them. That's that's part of it. Is she? They right. they, they kind of recognize something's wrong, and she convinces them that this is their choice and a more dignified <laughs> way to die <laughs> than to just kind of slowly rot away and like die demented right. and in pain. And but uh, at their core, they know this is wrong. So what do they choose, right? I know this is wrong and we have to upset the balance and try to force our way out of here. Or, like her boyfriend. Just keep going with it. We acquiesce and say, hey, it's cultural. We'll get by. Because it didn't hurt us personally. Right. That is the uh, main actress's entire emotional journey replayed on a macro scale. And so it's fascinating to watch the two play uh, in parallel fashions like that. You don't accept what I'm saying? No, no, I do. I just, uh, the the main character's arc, I just kind of saw more. uh... Her entire arc to me is trying to suppress. And then, and this again gets back to the weird. So she wins the dance to become the May Queen in a drug-infused stupor. Right, which kind of shows, which it was a test of vitality and strength, which is actually kind of shows who she is. She's able to, like, tolerate a lot. But, like, here's another thing. You're assuming that she won that fair and square. Right, that's true. She may have been sabotaged by... Those girls they may bumping have, into each other and just... Yeah. Oh, it, it, it may have been set up for her to win in the first place. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. 
Those girls were stone cold sober and they just well, throw the one themselves threw up. on the ground. One. How yeah. many women were a part of that? Well, 50? they were all drinking the same thing. They may have developed a tolerance over right, the years. Right, so like but... three or four of them threw up. And then the rest of them bumped and were like, oh, my vapors. And fell down. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. That's crazy shit. But that's what I mean. Do you think she was pre-chosen to be the May Queen? She, they, I think it was a setup, definitely. You think like, it was a setup? Yeah, like she was she was definitely targeted by the hippie Swedish dude to to bring in because she's she's a perfect cult candidate. Like well, she's she's alone, my she's desperate. This is the question I had. The movie answers why they need outsiders by the end. Mm-hmm. Why do they need her to be the May Queen and live by the end? Couldn't but, that very function be served by uh, the girl who got impregnated? No, they needed her to accept the cult. They needed her to buy into it. Why? She, I mean, I guess it's like there is a weird math problem of the movie where it's like, all right, so you guys lose four cultists a year. You get one baby in return. <laughs> right? right. So you're like, okay, well, this cult is going to die uh, off. And they, they actually they have kind of contradict themselves even in certain parts because they say, you know, we tried we, – we avoid incest at all costs. At the same time, like, our main the leader – They incest taboo except for their profit. Right, exactly. Right, but their profit will always be a child of incest. Right, because whoever is going to most – accurately dictate their society's rules must be pure must right? be, well must be uninhibited in thought so therefore mentally disabled right because mm-hmm. he's not burdened with oh i look normal so i can go out and fuck and get a job uh you know i gotta stay over here in the belfry like quasimodo style so i have more fucking time and at the same time but also not have a logical mind either i wish we would have gotten a scene with that kid yeah we got a few but not much but i would have liked we saw him watching the orgy we saw him finger painting Mm -hmm. i would have liked to have heard that prophet say anything he might not have he might have he might have not been able to speak even i would love to see him watching something that is morally ambiguous and finger painting you know fucking jackson pollock or whatever (laughs) just smearing paint all over the thing so even that I could emotion I could emote onto that, right? I feel like the prophet not being a part of the movie was a bit of a bummer for me. It almost seemed like he was more of a figurehead than anything. I mean, because his paintings well, didn't even make like sense. Ari they were just, blobs. just really into kids with deformities. <laughs> I was like, so I he had it. a deformity in the in the hereditary. The little girl had like a chromosome oh, disorder. Did she? Yeah, she looked a little. I think she, she had the she same looked thing a as little the kid from odd. Stranger Things. She looked a little odd, but she was. I don't know if she was. She wasn't. She's a great like, actress. I'm all for it. No, but I don't think she was like you know, deformed to the level that no, this prophet not like was. This. Like she had a unique. Challenge, she she, she right? looked. She she had a unique look to her. Yeah, she had something that was wrong, right? Because Paimon's body was altered. It was not the body as it was supposed to be. Right. That's what they kept saying. He wanted a male body, not right. this whatever, uh, you know, body that was left to him through Charlie, I think her name was. So Ari, I was like, Ari Oster, do you just want these fucking, you always want a weird kid in every movie? Or are you <laughs> going to give me a scene that explains why? Hey, what is this kid finger painting? And what are these people saying it means, right? Because this is something else. They talked about they have 800 right. journals of the prophet. Okay, so tell me what his worldview is, what he's thinking and doing, and 
what these people are seeing and then making something else. Right? I, I, I just there saw was it as, a dynamic there that they did not get to. I, I, like. I saw it as more of like a figurehead, just kind of like the priests of old being, I interpret God's will. <laughs> and like, it's just like these people saying that they interpret that prophet's right. will to be whatever they wanted it to be. Wouldn't you be interested to hear the prophet? But uh, like it doesn't seem like, like the prophet can they're speak. They're like, hey, kid, what do you think about this 90-year ritual? And he's like, fish sticks. <laughs> You're like, whoa. There That's was that, at least something. There was that one scene. What was he doing? He was like making a cloud or something. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, he was sitting by all the wool. That's it looked, it was oh, sheep wool. okay. Yeah. Yeah, just playing around. Like, I, but I don't know why. I think he was just he was just a a, 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 a a perpetual child that's really but, probably has zero influence. But that's what I mean, though, right? In a story of grief dragging us down to the depths and what we'll accept, they say this kid is the prophet because he's unclouded, right? But that's an easy sell. Show us that. Tell me something, right? Maybe he is clouded and they're just manipulating him. Fine. Any scene with him would have mattered to me, right? There were just scenes I would have liked to have seen with him. I just saw that as a way that the the elders or whatever – used to sell their influence onto the other members of the cult. Right, right. And I and I agree with you. But I think there's a powerful opportunity there that was missed. Mm. Right? Because we know that if you're running like a cult or a church, you're probably a shill. You're probably a liar by nature. I would like to hear what the original message they're mutating is. Okay. I see what you're saying. This is just to see what the actual source yeah. material would like, have Like, what been. if this kid actually does have some kind of divine lightning rod, right? Like, what if he's <laughs> on to something or has a good personal philosophy? And then we find out they're like, oh, you want to turn uh, Mr. London into a fucking chicken coop, <laughs> right? By the way, were his lungs still breathing in that chicken? Yeah, that was a weird thing. Hey, uh, what was that? Were those lungs? That, they look like they, I think they were supposed to be lungs. They, that's not how and lungs why look. Why were they still breathing? And that, Yeah, like how they were still exchanging air. You're a medical doctor. Yeah, that, that, that was clearly a, uh, <laughs> a, a a medical liberty, I think, in that movie. Especially because when he goes underneath him, there's no air movement out of his mouth. And I'm, when he's, I'm, like, fine, him. I'm fine with medical liberties because I've always explained to everyone, I've always assumed the body works like operation. Like when I eat a cheeseburger, it ends up in just my the, toes. Right? Like right, it's and just it, a, your body buzzes the whole way I'm down. I'm a big empty skeleton, <laughs> right? With flesh on it. So I know nothing about how the body works. I will say this. When he crawled under that dude's body and nothing came out of the mouth and sprayed him on the face, I was kind of shocked. You thought they were going to get like a that blood. That felt just... like, why is he crawling under him in that way to not get yeah, I, uh, drag me to hell? And, and I just was wondering, why the hell is he even just going under there in the first place? You can see everything you need to see to understand that situation right. from afar. You don't need to get face-to-face with right. the, the flower eye replacements. Yeah. By the way, be like, this is uncomfortable. I don't need to. <laughs> I can see from 10 feet away that this is wrong. Uh, let me ask you some lingering questions and scenes that stuck out in my brain. Um, what the fuck was that slug slash fish they tried to make her eat? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how any. I don't. I think they're just maybe just a joke on they the. They wanted her of, to like, eat it. She spit it out, and then they laughed. Yeah. So I just and see then as... mentioned that they would have double fortunes because she completed the mission. Because she spat out the. She like, no, because she did eat it. But she didn't eat it. That's what I thought. But I, I thought maybe they're say... saying she spits double fortune because she oh, spat it out. Because she's like, 
Bitch, I like chicken nuggets. Because well, because nobody can eat fish. an entire herring. We're not pelicans. Was it a fish? Because to me, that it was looked a like whole... a live slug. No, that was a fish. That was a whole fish. I think they called Ugh. it a herring. Anyone who eats fish with the scale on is not worthy of being the main it's not, queen. Right? That's it's gross. not just the scale. It was the whole fucking fish. Yeah, that's repulsive. Like, and it was fish actually tailed down first, which would have been impossible to eat. That would have so weird. Yeah. So I don't think. So I think that just weird. meant to be. A, a ceremonial almost prank because there's no way in hell anybody ever did that <laughs> there was one guy who was like the kobayashi of calls <laughs> slurp that shit down all right um the sex ritual oh jesus okay. i have no idea how he got off like I, I was watching the whole thing I'm like let's there's re- no way i'm keeping a boner you know in this funny? situation i thought the exact opposite <laughs> i was like i don't know how he lasted so long <laughs> Is that a dream of yours to have a varying age of women around chanting? Wait, are you asking me if I would love to perform sex on a beautiful young woman with the cadre of other women cheering me on? A, a cadre yes. of varying aged women I'm fine. who you Dude, think very well can slit your old, throat in the middle no, of all of this. Even the old lady who walked up to him, I was like, yeah. And then, I'm like, g- giving your buttocks some guidance. When she's, when, using, when she's like, guiding his buttocks, I was like, <laughs> all right, this is getting a little invasive. <laughs> but honestly, I was like, that, that would have been imagine instant. you're trying to have sex with this beautiful young woman on a bed of flowers, and everyone's chanting like you're fucking Mothra, right? Like, hey, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. They're bringing They're not you chanting up. for you. They're chanting for her, though. I don't care who the fuck they're chanting for. I can make <laughs> and, it about and me. And they, hey, they very well could slit your throat lady, at any moment. The man's greatest thing. gift in life is to assume that all sex is about us. <laughs> right? I would assume they're chanting for me to finish and nut. And then all of a sudden, that girl comes up. And this is a weird moment in the scene, right? She reaches out for an older lady. Oh, right, yeah. Who doesn't look like her mother, per se. May have she been could the mother. Have been, she could have been. She's obviously an elder have, of some she kind. She doesn't look like her, right? She's right. kind of a very dark, almost black-haired lady. So she is reaching out for her as she feels the pain of her first intercourse, right. right? And then the lady is chanting her, but then looks him in the eye. And is ch- And this is one of the funniest moments when she grabs the girl's hand and starts chanting. And he kind of does the, and averts his eyes. <laughs> but then comes back. It's. It's a strangely funny but perverse and scary scene. It, it, it's very uncomfortable. That, that, that to right. me, that whole scene is very uncomfortable. Which this is why I'm sequence, like, sequence though is is masterful filmmaking. Not only the way it's just shot, but to go from that to the chanting set. Here's my question to you: They give him the smoke. They give him mm-hmm. the drink. Like the, they the, do the clap, and they, it does like the Batman begins, like, oh. like you know jonathan crane's scarecrow juice and shit he walks over on a bed of flowers did he ever have a choice to disobey this fuck order well see that's what i was like wondering like he he met the head lady he got the rune under his bed like yeah what he ate the pubes right and he drank the blood does he actually it looks like he's trying to fight it that gets yeah that's what i was wondering like what did that lady say to him like he almost seems like he feels like if he doesn't do this he's going to die you know, and there's another weird element to it too. Is not only that he's gonna die, he looks like he physically can't resist. Well, that's what I was wondering. Is like, Which are we saying? Magic, like the- but secondly, it happens at the moment that he is isolated alone. His girlfriend now is the May Queen who does not need him. 
because she has a community to share and burden her grief with her, right? He's all alone and useless, right? So she's the May Queen. She has a community that's lifting her on mm -hmm. high. He's walking behind. He comes to the table late. They take her out in a flaming chariot pulled by women. Then there are flowers laid. Hey, come be useful. Yeah. Come be useful. And he still like looks like he's jonesing. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't want to do it. And then he takes the gas in and he looks a little more fucking cocksure. Yeah. I just like, like, like still yeah, not... vapor Viagra. Is that what they gave that? <laughs> <laughs> right. And they're like, oh, this will make sure you impregnate her. I'm like, okay, strange. But, you know, they're nature witches. Fine. It's, did he ever have a choice to deny? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know that I like that he doesn't, right? I like the fact that he collapses to his inner demon. Because mm -hmm. I guess the he argument would be that after he finishes, he runs out of the Yeah, he immediately regrets his decision. Yes. As soon as he is done. Immediately as soon as he is done. And but he runs to the barn where he hears the, the witches in co-grief with yeah. his girlfriend. And I think he knows, like, oh, fuck, 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 yeah, fuck, fuck. Saw Don't go in there. Yeah. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, because, yeah, is, w did the potion work was the other thing. Did the... This this was my question to you, though. How many of the drugs they gave our group that we followed were real drugs? Right. And I, how many were placebo effects? Well, it, it seems... I mean, based right? on how it was shot, end, it like, seems... I'm afraid I'm going to have a bad trip. Right. I don't want to do it. And we see the old man clap, and it ripples reality, mm -hmm. right? And at the end... Her uh, flowers are like breathing. Yeah. Right? The May Queen. There's a part of me that wonders, though, are they doing more work than the herbal potions, right? Because you you know you're a doctor. There are all these people that are like, herbal remedies, blah, 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 all this fucking bullshit, yeah. right? That gets in the way of actual healing and medicine. Or, yeah, just poisons you. I mean, strychnine's natural. It, right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all they needed, though, was... When he takes that drink, he's like, "Now nah, I got an excuse. Right. Now yeah. I'm in. Right. Like I said, yeah, they, that, that was, I mean, I guess it's a good way it was shot. The fact that you even question it, like, why is he doing this? Is he afraid? Is he under the influence of a drug or a he's potion? He's been through so much or and he has, so, he, he has no one left in the right. group. Or is he just alone and then this is a, now this is his comfort? Yeah. Or is this his out now? Like, because he's clearly throughout the movie, he wants to sleep with other women but just doesn't yes okay well i mean maybe he does we don't know well you see it like there's just, the waitress it, it, at the start right. the, the the waitress and then i mean the girl even when she kicks him he looks at her like he's attracted and immediately to her. he's like hey can we join in the conga right line? yeah exactly yeah he yeah. runs after her immediately that was a moment as a married guy i'm like big mistake you <laughs> fucked up big mistake you know, play that shit off like nothing. And then join right. her later like, oh, we bumped into each other at bocce ball. <laughs> Huge mistake. Um, Gr Griffey here's a giving question advice to married men on how to cheat. Yeah. Hey, guys, here's how you do no. uh, Here's a question. We didn't see Mark murdered. Right. When he went off to We didn't see any girl. of them murdered. We saw oh, when, well, when we saw she that came the head, back at the end, she had like a facial wound, right? Like he might have fought back. Weird. Here's a weird Mark thing. Not only did they kill him and cut his face off, they cut his dick off. So not only did they leather face him, but they you know also they wore his dick. Is that was that a fake dick or was that just a that person? Was his chopped off dick on top of clothes. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was just so a person had, without pants walking no, he around. He had hoodie and jeans with Mark's fucking dick. Wow. 
Maybe that attached was attached like, to the jeans and Mark's face. Maybe that was punishment right? for him pissing on the the ashes. Yes, but you asked me this earlier, and I'm not sure, so I'm going to throw it back at you. Who was wearing that mask? I, I don't know, like because I thought it originally it was the prophet because it was just couldn't hear this. No, because I think it was a full grown adult. But you just the, the the only noise you hear is this this senseless murmuring and breathe like heavy breathing. So that's why I thought it was the prophet doing it but that might have just been the unconscious other guy on the floor from the fact that he just got hit in the head with a yeah, hammer that's true because he was taking pictures and they see the guy in the back yeah you know what i would say my two most likely culprits would be the ancestral tree guy yeah who's already mad or the swedish guy who brought our american friends mm. right because this is his chance to cleanse the community of the infection that he brought, but I don't but, uh, know who's wearing. That's right, because yeah, he said he said he took responsibility, right? Yeah. I will take responsibility. Yeah. That was my thought. Yeah, but I don't know who that was. I don't know. You'd have to probably like go but back and say, watch it closer. That, Look you, at the eyes. Leather faced Mark, not knowing that that was going to be a clever trap, right? Because mm-hmm. when he walks in in the mask, right, he's just walking like, around already. Hey, motherfucker, get over here. We're not supposed to be here. I'm like. So you knew you were using this as a trap. Secondly, if you're using the mask as a trap, why are you wearing his dick? <laughs> like that gives away the fact that there's a trap. Because then you're like, that's weird. Why are you wearing the dick yeah. as well? <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's just going to walk up to you nonchalantly and say, hey, what's up? Yeah, with, with, with a, with a, with a uh, castrated dick on the outside of the pants. I mean, definitely no one you want to associate no. with. No, that, that is not going to be a good time. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this, right? So we've gotten into most of it, I think. And we've jumped around a lot. But let's hone in on this ending. I would love to know from you, help me break down what we saw at the end of this movie. I feel like Starting this is one of those. There, there, this there, is there. one of the iconic endings of a movie that if you see this movie, you'll never forget it. Although I feel like we won't all understand it. Start, wait, it's okay. So here's, take on here the, the end, starting from where <laughs> would be the... The ritual. Why are they burning said people? Why the bear? The bear, I that I can't wrap my brain around. Like, I'm guessing it just has to do with some kind of Norse mythology ritual. I think it's ritual. A, a predator in nature. But why put the boyfriend in the why, bear Why outfit? put him inside a bear suit and then burn him? And like... Yeah. If she had picked, there's, there's, if she had picked the person from the village, right? Like let's call him Lars, right? They said here's a predetermined Hjelshavik, whatever the fuck it is. Here's a predetermined Swedish guy who can be the ninth victim, or your cheating ass boyfriend, right? Right. If she had picked the Swedish guy, does he still wear the bear? I think so because there's actually like a scene where the uh like in all of those backdrops that show all these ritual steps that is scattered throughout the movie, and some are very obvious and some are very faint. There is a scene. I think it will be the best DVD or yeah. digital purchase because you can pause yep. every rune and it, Google it. Yep, you're gonna have It'll to. Like, and, and going back like to when like, the black the, guy's foot is just poking out of the garden, it has yep. runes on it. Yeah, right. So you can like look at what the runes actually mean. Yes. I think yes, you definitely have to do that. But there is a scene that shows a bear on fire. It, it, right. in one the of the ta- rituals the so, tapestry is he's waiting to meet the woman who says hey you should fuck this ginger girl yeah so they, that's clearly the bear is a part of the ritual i don't think it was exclusive but a human to him. in the bear's skin right i think that would have been whoever is it, the ninth is it person always is. the ninth or is it an outsider mm, that's a good 
No, I don't know. No, I would have to say it's say, always the night. Because they always it has say, to be the person this to... is a, you are a dark spirit. We're sending you back to the darkness to repent. Yeah, but that also Wouldn't includes... Wouldn't that imply an outsider? But that also includes all the other people that were in there that were the darkness. they intentionally... Because this is something I was confused about. They did that whole fucking sex ritual, right? To get one woman pregnant. And the next time we see her, she's all gussied up with lipstick and whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of people say that makeup and this and that is something that is designed to lure a mate. She's already had. I, I thought it was just more of a sign that she's a woman. Sure. Okay. That's fine. My question is, is there something more symbolic to her than just a mate? Right. Were there other women there that had already fucked the other guys there and got their kids so they could keep this cult going? Was there something about that ritual that made him the bear? that the that the person that partakes in the sex ritual will usually end up being the bear right he is the darker spirit that must be cast it, out and destroyed yeah there is something like where the they make the person acknowledge that they are the dark spirit because he gets paralyzed and is fully aware of everything going on and so he hears and sees that speech given right. so yeah it would probably and if this it's is not the funny thing right is that when she chooses him she's also paralyzed she's trapped in this giant cocoon of flowers and nature with this giant oh, right, crown, yeah. she can't move either. Right, yeah. She yeah, she is so rather they're restrained. both kind of paralyzed her by her new choice and family and him by his sin, right? And his outsider nature. Or just as his powerlessness they, in this, this is situation. What I mean. The whole thing, if that they did all that to get one lady pregnant with one dude's fucking sperm. That's illogical. Well, they did that and there also to bring least, in one other person. Right, but those three dudes could have fucking impregnated. If they had, like, juice that just makes you knock chicks up mm-hmm. immediately, they could have gotten every girl well, they in also, impregnation age knocked up. Well, they also need people for their ceremony. How long were they for alive? The, Four days before they died? It's hard to say because they talk about that because there is no night. There's right. very little night. But this is what I mean. Each of those guys could have knocked up minimum. Three to five women, right? If they fucked mm. more than one in a day. So then you have your entire next generation. Yeah, why they didn't use any of those other guys, I don't right. know. And I, that doesn't make any sense. used him in this ritual, and then he becomes the bear. Seems well, like that was more of a ritual for... Did, for Maybe he was taking her innocence, something like this. He was... By fucking her, he wasn't putting something in her. He was bringing sin into himself. I don't know, because because she chose him. Like that, maybe that's the other thing. Is sure, like but all maybe the because uh, they, maybe they, none they, of those they, other people were appealing to any of the women in the in the cult. See, I don't think it's a, maybe he was. She was supposed to be the virginal vessel, and maybe he was chosen because he was predetermined to have the weakness. Right, because the black guy was there more scholarly. The the other guy, Mark the Vapor, he seems like he would have done whatever the fuck. Yeah. So maybe that's not it, right? Maybe the nature of the bear is kind of a noble creature, this and that, who then will falter. Right? Maybe the fact that he started off trying to pretend he was a good guy Ooh, is why he must be masked in the bear and dead. So we, we talked about... Uh googling some stuff let's see what uh bears have to do <laughs> with norse mythology you're you see you're looking at norse though i don't even think it's norse well it's scandinavian 
Right, like the ancient druid cultures is an entirely different thing. But I I mean, to me, this is the thing. When I do this show, I don't look up what smart people have for facts. I just go off my gut instinct. Uh, but I feel like this is a movie where it's like so... It, it seems like the guy probably did a lot of research ahead of time. Oh, man. For and that, sure. That there's a lot of hidden meaning there. Well, I'm saying, like, in that final scene, in the little triangle, just the architecture of the buildings, right? So think about that final room where everyone was situated. That the London guy had daffodils on his eyes. The other older man who was clean shaven now is a tree. The older lady was this and that with apples in her stomach. I bet if you looked at all of those symbols of what was left, the fact that Mark was nothing but a husk. Yeah. Oh, like, they even put they a jester. Re- they put a jester cap on him yes. because he's he. And when they readjusted his torso, it was shockingly unnerving. Right. Yeah. You're like, there's nothing to him. He's well, because like, it was just the, the the the. I don't think there was actually a body. I think it was just a scarecrow. It was just skin and yeah, hay. Yeah. It was terrifying. Right. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Right. This is the kind of movie you can do that constantly. I'm asking you as a gut reaction to our listeners who are going to see this immediately. And we won't be, this is the kind of movie I don't feel like we'll have answers to for a long time. I'm still finding things in hereditary. Right. That are changing meaning to me. Right. Same with us, this and that. I think this is a movie that will keep evolving with its viewers every time you watch it. Yeah, I agree. Do you think he's still the bear if he doesn't fuck that chick? Sub question, could he not have fucked that chick? I think he was screwed either way at that point. I honestly think they probably either A, he had the potion and was not in control of his actions, or they would have killed him if he did not screw that chick. Do you think but he actually he, had the potion, right? Because here's the other sub- He did have the potion. Here's the question. He, right? he drank her blood. He ate her puke. Listen, though. The, the, the black guy, Josh, took the rune out from under his bed and erupted the magic. He took mm. one sip of the lemonade willingly. But didn't he find, didn't he, he take it? He ate the pube pie one bite, but then pulled the pube out. Did, uh, did he take the, the, the rune out From immediately? Like, yes, I, I thought he, he saw it the when next she day. put it under. The next morning he pulled it out and showed it to the guy who brought him. Okay. So yeah, he might not have so, actually been under that influence, Mike which is why he might right. have said like, "How do you feel?" And he's like, "He might he never not really have been influenced." Yeah, they do leave that magic. They do leave that ambiguous because yes, "How do you feel?" And then they just cut away. And it, and I do think it's not coincidence that as he makes his decision to cheat on his girlfriend, she is ascending. Yeah. And for the first time in the entire movie, she is independently going to do something that does not involve him or her trauma. Right. And maybe he needs to invent his own trauma to try to bring back some of that attention on himself. No, I don't think that's it. Um, yeah, she, she, she just—I think she just kind of gets absorbed by. But the he's cult. the guy who his whole he's thing alone. is. Look at how good I am! I'm doing everything for you. Oh, you don't need me anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's I definitely alone. Him. Yeah. He's definitely alone. Yeah. It definitely not that he's does alone, affect him. The fact that I think he likes playing the put upon. Where it's mm-hmm. like, God, I have to do all this work for you. No, I and think it he makes just, him feel like he's a good guy. I think he just avoids confrontation in general. I think he avoid tries to avoid the unknown. He tries to avoid risk uh, of any kind. So again, he's a coward in that movie. So yeah, I think maybe he ends up screwing that girl because he's afraid they will kill her, or he does it because he's afraid because he's alone all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, I think if they didn't, they probably would have killed him. And if he did. 
his girlfriend kills him. So he's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, once in that, by that situation. That's why I think he has to have sex with her to be the bear, not to give her a kid. Right? Mm -hmm. To me, it it illustrates more of a ritual thing than just having a kid. Because they could have had those dudes. There were four dudes there. They could have knocked up so many women in that commune if they had, like, guaranteed baby juice. I think her being gussied up and him uh, being put into the bear, I think that was more about the ritual of preparing him to be destroyed, right? That mm-hmm. maybe he is, and this is the weird thing, because they talk about the black one tempting the women out into the woods to dance until they died. Yeah. And so they're mocking him. Maybe somehow this bear is a mockery of the black one, right? Maybe. I, it'd be interesting to go back and look at that um, at the very beginning that mural that they show yes dude because i thought of, the same thing i'm like i guarantee you that's telling us the whole movie yeah because i mean it has the dead people the dancing people, around the post and it has the old people falling off the cliff yep and it has you know like the winter death at the very very beginning right so maybe there's something in there I that can kind of tell you a little movie. bit more of the, the i bet the bear. you it's the whole movie yeah look for the bear in that you might be able to find something yeah, the bear, I'd, I'd have to go back and rewatch to understand. Like, that's the one thing that kind of eludes me. Yeah, Billy just that. came out, and they're like, when they put him on the operating table, I thought they were going to cut his Yeah, I out. did. I did, too. I and thought they were going to... terrifying yeah, to Yeah, right? Especially because he was conscious and paralyzed and couldn't move or communicate. <laughs> that would have been a terrifying sequence. I mean, just getting burned, burned alive that way is terrible, this too. This is what is so brilliant about the movie, is a scene where he's just set on a table and is not operated on is more scary than most scenes I've seen in the last year. Yeah. This movie, to wrap this up, I feel like it's a movie that will, again, I think you said it best, right? It's visually arresting and dynamic and powerful. The style is singular in its focus. Once you get past all that, though, the the the, the human elements that are left over... Um are just enormous, right? And so as she's trying to carry her own grief, we as the audience are also doing that legwork. And it's hard. It's hard. This movie, mm. more than any I've seen in recent memory, makes you, the audience, just sit in grief and despair. Yeah. You really feel what they feel. And like, yeah. and as someone uh, on a more personal note who can like relate to that main character, like that is just... Th- th- that acting in that situation and her... Uh, how she copes and her reactions and her emotions are 100% real. Like it's just, yeah. it's amazing. It's almost like he like knew somebody who went through that and put it back right, right back but on. But I screen. mean, I think the thing is, if you talk to people that you love, I bet almost everyone has gone through a smaller, yeah. like that is obviously a dramatic version of the loss of a right. loved one. Like the way they shot that, it is horrific. So most people hopefully have not experienced that. But most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one. Right. And I think what it does is it so humanizes the struggle of losing someone and knowing that this will forever, like you never can get rid of the grief. Right? And I think that's the moment that hit me so hard is at the very end, she is trying to crawl away in this giant flower costume that she can't escape. As the building is burning down. And then the burning building is layered beneath her face. And the last shot of the movie is her face as the May Queen in the crown of flowers smiling. Yeah. 
because I think she looks around and she sees these wild exuberance displays of grief. Whether real or not, like the wild things, Mm -hmm. right? Let the rumpus begin. This is the first place where she's seen someone openly accept that they have grief, express it, right? The guy who brought her there and has been wooing her, he's grieving a brother, right? Openly grieving. Ah! And it seems very theatrical and fake. But to her, it must be a breath of fresh air. I don't have to hide what I'm feeling. I don't have to change my behavior. I can also feel grief. She's walking in that suit and wailing in agony Mm -hmm. until she realizes everyone else is. Yep. And that she's just one of the group now. Yeah, she has a... She's the perfect cult trainee. Yeah. Because she just wants to be part of that instead of the girl whose sister killed herself and her parents. Well, not just that, but she has people to share her pain. She has a support system now that she never had before. And on top of that, just... Her past just burned down in front of her. Like that's that, what that I mean. That, that dancing scene into the sisters holding her at the dormitory, right? The yeah. barn. And just this, the way that that scene is fucking movie magic, right? The way that they're all kind of screaming. Yeah. And the way it becomes one scream in unison, right? This mm. agony shared amongst, through many is one. Yep. Is fucking breathtaking. And I think her seeing her boyfriend and probably only his butthole through the keyhole, right? <laughs> no, there, there's, there's, an looks, old, there's an old woman behind there to like right. pushing. She looks through the keyhole and all she sees is an old lady pressing a butt and just knows. <laughs> but she knows what it is going on. Right? She knew what was going on before she even walked up to that door. That's, that's why she what, hesitated I mean. to even look through the hole. She, in that moment, just unleashes all of the worst inner thoughts mm-hmm. and finds that she's not punished for it. She's not reviled for it. She's not the baggage for it, right? She's able to sit in that emotion and not only sit in it, but fucking excel in it, right? Fucking explode and expand in it um, and take her grief outwardly to a place she's never been, right? And maybe that big outward expression is a way to put that shit in the past. Yeah. Right? Like maybe the only thing you could do with grief is wear it the fuck out. Well, I think and also share it. I think that that was. But I think that's the thing, right? Like I'm going to scream until I can't scream. Yeah. And you're not going to tell me to stop or make me feel bad about it. And I'm not going to take any pills to suppress it. Yeah. Because that was a big theme on there. And the Ativan at the very beginning, she takes, she starts freaking out and she throws, takes the Ativan, calms her down. She says, I can't sleep. Give me a pill. Training, yeah. Right. Like, yeah, she's just suppressing. I did it. Now I'm like, that's not Adderall. I don't know what this is. (laughs) It's like a Xanax. Yeah. Right. But no, but that's what I mean, right? Is it's, And that's why this has a very kind of wild things moment where even if these people are false, it's the first time that she's been allowed to fully hit the most maximum extremes of the emotion and not feel like she's harming someone else. And I think that is a wildly important lesson and a way to think about trauma and pain for all of us. The fact that she's able to go all the way right i think it's a perfect ending for this this journey of closure and secrets and small the cult plays like the group of friends that she is trying to infiltrate at the start Mm -hmm. and at the end that fucking smile says fuck all of you right she's refound herself right maybe she's griefed out and maybe that's an impossible thing but for one moment 
in that barn where the cult has buried their dead, the sacrifices, um, their own loved ones, and that smoke is their hope for a brighter future, she's able to find that for herself. And yep. that it's an amazing emotional journey. And you actually touched on something interesting there, uh, the trying to invade into this circle of friends that uh that uh, wasn't very accepting of her it turns out like as you go through the movie that that they were all in it for themselves like that wasn't like a good group of friends there was no, no co- there was no community on each other immediately right yeah well just in all various ways like the one guy just wants his thesis he doesn't give a shit about yeah. helping the other guy then the other guy's just gonna steal his thesis and then the, obviously the mark the vaping guy He's just He's out to get American. high. Yeah. He's like, I'm here to vape and get <laughs> vape, vape and high yeah. and get laid. Uh, yeah, none of them actually gave a shit about anybody either. And like the, the very beginning when they're starting to like, when they kind of go into like trying to give him relationship and advice. And then the cult guy's like, hey, you're all just fodder. Right, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, there's, there's no yeah. community. There's no love. There's no but that's That's the question there. that I think you'll leave with is, okay, so the cult is portrayed as the bad guys. But that's what, I think they, that's what I think is like this movie. There is no real bad guy in it. There, like there's she, horrific action. I feel like she'll be better off with the cult in the long run than that group of dudes. <laughs> Until she's, what, what, 72 or 73? Hey, man, if you get to 73, man, fuck it. That's good. You get, <laughs> or if she gets out of the lottery. But... If she gets 50 fucking good years of fucking hammering people's heads in and getting flower hats. <laughs> or she gets the lottery ball and she might be that's in true. trouble. Guess what? You're in. No, um, I think they always set the May Queen up to pick her boyfriend to die. Because <laughs> they said something about 90 years, too, but I'm like, they have a May Queen every year. Right, so yeah, I don't know if there's like a Maybe every sacrifice a every sacrifice, year, but... Yeah. the the I said that weird thing where there were like blue tarps over a lot of the land. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. It was like, is that all dead bodies? Or, or is that just kind of holding moisture in the ground and like for like the crops? I don't know. I assume it's dead bodies. Yeah, I'm not a farmer. Maybe. I'm a horror movie fan. There, so I assume dead bodies are creepy stuff. There was one cool throwback. Did you see the, the dollhouse effect in the barn? Which dollhouse? There was oh, a yes. there's a dollhouse scene. That was a cool when throwback he was to in hereditary. the upper part making his bed in yeah. the river beneath. Yeah. I like that too. I mean, honestly, guys, to wrap this up, it is a movie that ask us to go on an emotional journey it lets us do a lot of the heavy lifting and transport ourselves into the characters and man it's just there there is just some filmmaking that's so much more powerful than what you normally see and it's just one of those just like with hereditary just one of those movies that just kind of sits with you you sit and you think about it and you realize more stuff and just me and Griffey here just talking about it, just like having revelations. Well, we were like, we as gotta we like go to the bar. And yeah. It's like, we gotta go do a pod right now. Because <laughs> it just gets to you. Right. And, and this is what I mean. Like, not to take a shot at Spider Man, but you're like, I don't give a fuck about Spider Man Homecoming when I live in a world where I'm lucky enough to see Midsomar. And it's, it's, I don't even need a palate cleanser from it. I enjoyed no. watching it. It's, it's horrific and it's gut wrenching, yes. but it's so real. And, but it, like, it, it, it exercises your your mind so much and it sticks with you that I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I saw it. Like it's, it's any time movie. you can go to a movie theater and get so fucking slapped about count yourselves lucky. The kind of filmmakers that can make this kind of movie and are allowed to make this kind of movie. Um, we should be giving all the money to this in a year where I actually read online that people said in game is one of the greatest 
movies of all time. No, it's it's a popcorn flick. You see Midsommar and you're like, guys, we must support these movies. Come on. <laughs> all right, guys. So that's it for us. We hope you liked Midsommar. I hope you guys all go out and pay good money to see it. Hit us up. What did you think about the movie, the character arcs, the cult? What did we miss? Uh, What did you think we nailed upon? Hit us up. If you guys can leave us a rating and review on iTunes, please do that. It does help the show out a lot. We're hip and young. You're hip and young. Give us thoughts about the bear. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what the fuck was going on with that bear, man. My dog's name is Bear, and I still don't know. Um, Hit us up on your socials, man. Share us with other friends that are questioning Midsommar. Um. We have the pod gets animated coming up. So this week, along with this, uh, we have over the top finishing our fatherhood lessons. Akira Princess Mononoke coming hot on its heels. Uh, Cloud here will be rejoining us for a double feature of Upgrade, uh, one of the recent movies that has not got nearly the respect it deserves, and Hardware. A great I'm double excited. feature. Cloud will be joining us for. Um, guys. As always, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you soon for more movie magic. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. And I'm Mike Cloud. Thanks for having me. Peace, bitches.